Hey, good morning, everyone. Great to be with you. We're going to carry on with our series here and now. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Galatians 5 to start off with this morning. Um, I'm going to read a really well-known passage um, about walking by the Spirit. It's from verses 16 to 25. So it says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So really well-known passage. And Paul's main point is, is this. He's comparing and contrasting living by the spirit or living by the flesh. And he's saying, listen, those two things are in direct conflict with one another. And depending on how we live, he's like the fruit of those things, the fruit of the flesh, the fruit of the spirit are very different. And then he lists those things. He lists the, the kind of the acts, the fruits of living according to the flesh or the fruit that we know super well, love, joy, peace, the fruit of the spirit. Um, so there's two different ways of living. It's a choice and there's two different sorts of fruit. And, and then he lands it with this statement in verse 25. He says, since we live by the Spirit. So he's talking to believers, the community of faith. Following Jesus means we live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a two-part statement, that, isn't it? He's like, actually, we live by the Spirit. So, and because of that, let's keep in step with the Spirit. So two different things. And, and our, my question to us today is, is do we, right? We're people who are believers. So we, we live by the Spirit, but are we, do we, how do we keep in step with the Holy Spirit? Um, because here's the thing, living, according, living by the Spirit um, is what Paul's talking about here. It, this isn't a, a one-off historic decision, kind of when we got saved, you know, we're filled with the Holy Spirit and, and therefore we then, you know, we are living by the Spirit. It, it, it's not that, um, it's actually living by the Spirit is, is a series of day by day, moment by moment choices. And, and that's what it means to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. It's not a, a one-off thing that we are now, you know, yes, we are made new. Like we're new creations when we get saved and we have that moment of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and moments again, you know, theologically, I believe we're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we need to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. But, but keeping in step with the Holy Spirit is that moment by moment, day by day, continual choosing that constant choice flesh or spirit all the time it's this choice and and that's what it means for us to be keeping in step with the holy spirit and that is gosh you know that is true in lockdown or not in lockdown it, you know regardless of the external circumstances that ongoing choice that ongoing requirement for us to keep in step with holy spirit is present and so you know what like so what does that look like for you, for me right now, in the, in the situation we find ourselves, maybe with the particular challenges, the particular struggles we're facing, um, maybe particular concerns or questions, like what does it look like um, for you and I to be living by the Spirit and keeping closely in step, like almost in His rhythm? He puts a foot there and we follow, just that ongoing 
um, living by the Spirit, you know, are we? You know, is my life developing and demonstrating and showing the fruit of the Spirit, right? Am I more kind than I was yesterday? Am I increasingly patient? Is there more love? Is there more joy? Is there more peace? Because if I'm in step with the Holy Spirit in all the situations, in my workplace, in my family, like actually I should be developing more and more of that fruit. And listen, this is the normal Christian life, right? And the whole of the normal Christian life from start to finish, from the moment we're saved to the moment we go to be with Jesus, it is all life in the spirit. It's all life of the spirit and it's, and it's all life by the power of the spirit, right? And, and almost, that almost sounds like a really obvious statement, but this is the thing I want to kind of, I feel kind of provoked to, to kind of challenge us with is that actually if that's the deal, if, if our Christian walk, you know, in all aspects, the whole of our lives, if it is to be living by the spirit and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, then, then my suggestion is, Actually, almost our most vital, our most important prayer is this, come Holy Spirit, right? And that's, that's almost my only point this morning. And it's so obvious on one level, but this is, this is where we kind of want to, this is where we want to go. The whole point of this series is actually is getting serious about some stuff that is simple, is, is maybe familiar, is maybe well known, but actually it's so easy for us to overlook it, to forget it, pay lip service to it. Whereas actually we need to take it seriously. I think in this season and in any season, our most vital and our most powerful and most effective prayer is come Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, in, you know, in, a, in a charismatic context of church, which is where we'd find ourselves, and, and you know, by that we just mean that we have you know, a, a theology of, a value for, and would want to create space for the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and actually we would see his gifts in operation, right? That, that, would, be our, that would be our framework. That's the kind of family we're building, right? We're charismatic. But I think the danger is that we, we reserve this prayer, calm Holy Spirit, for Maybe we relegate it and we reserve it for moments um, of ministry time at the end of a meeting. Like that's the time we pray that prayer. When someone comes and asks for ministry, someone asks for us to pray for them. Actually, actually then we say, come Holy Spirit. Um, and, and we're missing it. If that's, you know, if that's the only time you and I are praying that prayer, we're, we're sadly missing it. Actually, calm Holy Spirit as that prayer isn't just, you know, for moments of encounter where there's a particular need or we're wanting breakthrough or, or you know, or someone's, you know, we're witnessing to someone or praying for someone to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, that prayer is for those times, but it's actually for the whole of our lives, every single day, every single moment. It is for encounter. It is for that moment of ministry, of breakthrough, but it's also for a lifestyle and a lifetime from start to finish of walking with Jesus, following Jesus and looking and living like Jesus. So every day, come Holy Spirit. It's the most important prayer. And I've just you know, realized, gosh, I so often don't pray that. I reserve it for ministry times or, or for Pentecost. Or where it's like, actually, every day, if I'm to be living by the Spirit, if I'm to be today, wherever I find myself, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, then of course, it's like so obvious. Come Holy Spirit, help me to do that. Um, and this is, the danger is that actually, you know, to be charismatic is, is more like a descriptive of a, a certain type of church or theology or philosophy of ministry or emphasis. Whereas actually, if you look... If you look in the, the New Testament and actually what the New Testament letters tell us about the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he does, how we walk with him, how we're filled with him, like actually 
to be charismatic simply means that we live in and by and with the presence of God through his Holy Spirit. And actually that we desperately need the Holy Spirit in all aspects of our lives and in every moment of our lives. For the normal Christian life, we need the Holy Spirit. I've been diving back into a brilliant book. If you, know, if you want to look into the kind of, like, who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? I genuinely thoroughly recommend a book by a guy called Gordon Fee, a theologian. It's called Paul, the Spirit and the People of God. And it looks at actually what, what does Paul in his letters to the early church, what does he say about the Holy Spirit? It's brilliant, super easy, it really accessible, really easy read. And he says this, and he says, one reads Paul poorly who does not recognize that for him, so for Paul, the presence of the Spirit as an experienced and living reality was the crucial matter for Christian life from beginning to end. Let me read that again, make sure you got it. He's saying, listen, we are, we're misreading Paul, essentially is what he's saying. We're reading Paul poorly if we don't recognize that for him, the presence of the Spirit as an experienced and living reality was the crucial matter for Christian life from beginning to end. And my question is actually, is, do we recognize that? Actually, for our Christian life from beginning to end, an, an experienced reality of the Holy Spirit is crucial is essential, is vital, right? We need to have a, a robust, a full and all-encompassing theology of the Holy Spirit, but also um, this rich, ongoing, continual experience of, encounters of being filled with Holy Spirit. So from start to finish and everything in between, come Holy Spirit, it should be our prayer. Think about it, you know, in the context of our, you know, our three E's, this kind of the sort of the values that we'd say, hey, this is why we, how we wanted to shape and build um, church life and Christian walk on. Actually, that we want to be a people who are encountering God, who are empowering people into their identity and who are engaging the city, who are engaging the people and places around us, right? Just, just think about those three things uh, with, in the context of come Holy Spirit, right? For us, to encounter God, you know, even at that moment when we became Christians, maybe that's maybe that's a few weeks ago, maybe for some of you it's decades ago, but that moment of encountering the saving love of Jesus, right? That was the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us in Corinthians, doesn't he, that the cross is is foolishness to some. He calls it a stumbling block, um, but for us, it is it is wisdom. It is the power of God to save. Right? So what's the difference between um, it being a stumbling block and foolishness or power and saving wisdom? The difference is the Holy Spirit opening our eyes to see, hey, it's actually the truth. In Titus 3, it says that um, we've been saved through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. That process of encountering God and being saved is a work of the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So even that moment of salvation, uh, encountering Jesus for us and for other people that when we're wanting to share our faith, we're wanting to see other people, it's not based on me having a you know, persuasive way of communicating the good news. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. So our prayer is, come Holy Spirit. But, but ongoing, so from that point of salvation, but you know, I, actually, listen, I, we would have such a high value for actually an ongoing encounter in God, knowing his presence with us. That is the work of the Spirit. Mark Stibbe um, says that actually the role of the Holy Spirit is to make the objective fact of our salvation, our adoption, to make those facts subjective realities in our experience, right? 
That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's his role, to make the objective fact of what God has done and who we now are, to make that a subjective reality. That's why in, in Romans 5, Paul says, hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And in Romans 8, where it talks about, you know, our spirit testifies, his spirit testifies with our spirit that we are sons and daughters, that we are his children. The Passion Translation actually translates it and says the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. So that journey from it, us understanding it conceptually to experiencing it is the work of the Holy Spirit. So if we, if we want and need to encounter God, if we want you know, people we're praying for to encounter God, our prayer is come Holy Spirit. What about empowering people, right? For us to be on that, that discipleship journey to maturity, right? More, more assured of our identity and more effective in, in doing the things that, that Jesus wants us to do. That journey, that empowering journey is dependent on the Holy Spirit. Have a read of this in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. It says this, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Right? So this is what it's saying, verse 18. This journey, we are being transformed. And that is definitely the, the, the tense that is used there, the grammar is that is an ongoing process. We are being transformed into the image that we see, which is we're beholding Jesus and we are in an ongoing manner being transformed to look more like him. But here's the deal. This comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom to see Jesus and to be changed more and more and more from one degree to another degree to another degree into his likeness. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Right? In any point where we have confusion um, or questions um, or decisions to make or options, you know, the Bible tells us that um, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. Like he gives counsel to us. He's, he's our comforter where there's times where we're struggling. He is you know, in all the voices, in all the opinions around us. It, the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to lead us into truth and truth that will set us free. And so the, for the whole of our journey, we need the Holy Spirit. You know, even for the, the ongoing you know, Christian disciplines, the stuff that we do to feed ourselves, to build up our spirits, actually it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our prayer life. Um, Paul tells us, doesn't he, in Romans 8, actually sometimes we don't even know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit kind of prays within us. Um, when we, like, wanting to dive into the Word of God and, and read, like, what are you saying? And to understand it, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that... So, right, so we've received the Spirit of God and the reason, so that we may understand what God has freely given us, right? To understand the good news, to understand the kingdom that we live in, to understand this inheritance that we've been given... Actually, the Holy Spirit is going to help us to do that, to bring that understanding. And the result of that, that, you know, that result of the empowering journey, our discipleship journey, is maturity, right? We talk about that an awful lot. It's that actually we look like, we sound like, we live like Jesus, and we do the things that Jesus did, right? 
Super simple. It's challenging to do, but it's easy to understand. And so this result of this empowering journey of life in the Spirit, keeping in step with Holy Spirit as we're changed from one degree of glory to another, and the result of that is we're more like Jesus, right? And so there's fruit of the Spirit. This is where we started in Galatians 5. Actually, there's fruit and there's gifts, right? Both of those things, super important. Um, and, but I, we, we need to, again, in a kind of charismatic context, listen, the, like gifts are important and we, you know, we want to see more of those. Like we want us to, we absolutely want to create space for the gifts to be in operation. Absolutely. Uh, but listen, I think the Bible actually does say that, the, that fruit is more important. You know, Paul tells us, doesn't he, to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So let's really, really want them. Um, but he always said, but actually, 1 Corinthians 13, um, the better way, the most excellent way is love. And he says, listen, if, you know, if we're prophesying without love, we're missing it. We're just making a racket. So I think it, it, the, the fruit is more important and the gifts come on, on the top of that. You know, and we can't be sort of Christians who are like, oh, I'm, I'm more of a fruit kind of person. You know, I'm, I'm more of a gift kind of person. We need both. And we need those in the proper order and the, the proper context, right? Um, but we need and we should be expecting to be empowered to display fruit, actually, that I am empowered to have peace. I'm empowered to experience joy. I'm empowered to be able to love. You know, when I'm feeling restless, actually, come Holy Spirit, I need peace. When I'm feeling impatient and frustrated, come Holy Spirit, I need peace. When there's stuff that we're, you know, this year, gosh, even what Sam's talking about last week in terms of just perseverance and keeping going, Come, Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So our prayer is not necessarily God change the situations. Yes, let's pray that. But don't forget to pray even before the circumstances change. Come, Holy Spirit, and change me. Develop fruit of your fruit in my life. And it, the same with gifts. You know, listen, this is, I'm super aware I'm going really fast. And this is like a whistle stop tour of actually the, all the incredible work that Holy Spirit does. But I'm just, I'm wanting to paint a picture to say, listen, the whole of our Christian life is dependent on Holy Spirit. And so, so we must be a people who are continually, daily praying, come Holy Spirit. But let, you know, let's talk about the gifts. Like we, like we want to see those in operation. Right? We want to see healing. We want to see hospitality, generosity, administration, healing, the miraculous. Like we want to see those and we should eagerly desire them, not for the sake of well, we're a charismatic church, so we should do, but actually because you know, we want to see the body built up corporately. We want to see the kingdom extended and we want to see people encounter Jesus and his kingdom. Right? But we do that remembering in the most excellent way that is that we love people. We love God and we love people. So if, you know, if we're, we're ever in that kind of process of empowerment, whether that's, with, um, whether that's struggle with temptation, whether that's areas of breakthrough, whether that's you know, people that you're you know, witnessing to, people you want to pray for, wherever it is in that journey of being empowered, to empowered to be and empowered to do, our prayer needs to be, come Holy Spirit. And then finally, our third three years engaged in the city, right? That, you know, we, we are growing up to become more like Jesus and we show up. The purpose is that actually um, we make a difference to the people and places around us. Um, to absolutely flows from us being empowered as his kids is that actually we do. We show and we tell the good news. You know, there's, there's words for us to say and there's works for us to do that, you know, there's lifestyle and character for us to develop, which is really important. Actually, people see our good works and they praise our Father in heaven. So lifestyle and character matters. Words and works matters, right? 
the more empowered we are, the more full of the Spirit we are, the more mature we become, we will have mature and lasting fruit of the Spirit. We will become better stewards of these incredible gifts that Holy Spirit gives. We will genuinely see more of heaven on earth in the places God's put us. Right now, in all of this, I'm absolutely not saying. You know, my, you know, my point about listen, do we reserve this prayer, come Holy Spirit, for a ministry time? I'm not saying that's wrong. Let's we definitely like that is that's who we are. Let's, we're never going to stop doing that. Um, but I guess my point is this: that is prayer is not reserved for ministry times, and even more importantly ministry times if you want to call it that if we've reserved that to 20 minutes at the end of a meeting like we've missed it ministry times are for out there in the supermarket in the office with your neighbors it's that's where the ministry needs to happen yes yes we do it whilst we're you know with one another but it also out there right we need to and and we need to have an expectation for signs and wonders like let's let's never sort of dull our expectation and our and our what we're believing for and what we're going for Absolutely. You know, in those moments when, you know, chatting with someone at work who's sick or, or a neighbor who's struggling, come Holy Spirit. Like there's a ministry time right there. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. There's this phenomenal power that is within us. And we, we just need to to access that. We just need to let that flow through us, those streams of living water that Jesus promised us. So it is, it's this prayer, come Holy Spirit, fill me and work through me. Come Holy Spirit into this situation. Come Holy Spirit, encounter this person. Come Holy Spirit. And it, like this, it's so, I know it, this is obvious on one level and I'm saying the same thing over and over, but the whole of our Christian life is dependent. It is a, it's a spiritual journey, guys, right? Let me read you this last verse, Galatians 3, verses 1 to 5, uh, one to, uh, beg your pardon, verses 2 and 3. It says this, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? This is, this is a rhetorical question, right? The answer to that is no. This is what Paul's point. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? No. Or by believing what you heard? Yes, Right? Are you so foolish, he says, after beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Like this is a really important question for us right now. We, you know, he's saying you started so well, you started by the spirit, but are you? And I think his implication is, I think you probably are. You're, what you're trying to do is finish according to the flesh. And I could talk and have talked for a long time, but what does the flesh mean? What does this word, Greek word, sarx, mean? Sometimes it absolutely means sinful acts. If you remember that, you know, that list of awful things in Galatians 5 where it starts, say, listen, the acts of the flesh are obvious. So sometimes it does mean those things, but it, but it also can mean our, our humanity, like the sort of the, the fullness of me without the spiritual part of me, right? And I'm, listen, we need to be so aware we, when, when we read verses like that, you know, Paul's not necessarily saying, um, are you trying to finish by means of sinful stuff? I think sometimes it's like, actually, you're trying to finish um, in and of your own strength, by your own capacity, with your own understanding, you know, by, by your best efforts. And that's never going to get us there. That isn't keeping in step with the spirit. That is living according to the flesh. Right? So yes, flesh can mean sinful acts, poor choices, absolutely. I'm not minimizing that. But it definitely can also mean like my humanity and my efforts. And it's so easy to fall into that. Right? But if I'm continually praying, come Holy Spirit, that's a massively powerful way that I can, I can stop 
and I can stop falling into that. Actually, it's a way that I can keep on by the Spirit. You know, John Wimber, one of his best little one-liners is, the way in is the way on, right? This is what Paul's saying. Listen, you started so well. You started according to the Spirit, and you're, you're kind of trying to finish this off and keep going in and of your own strength. He's like, no, the way is still come Holy Spirit every single moment. So if you look back at um, Galatians 5 and those, you know, those two comparing lists, the list of um, those acts of the flesh, and maybe some of those things are things that are, are genuinely real struggles or temptations for you right now, whether that is in areas of, of, of anger, whether that is kind of dissension and kind of you know, opinions and tribalism and kind of polarized thinking. That's really quite prevalent right now, right? You know, maybe it is areas of, of, of purity. Maybe that is kind of how you're talking to people or about people. It could be any of those things. Maybe that's something you're like, you know, that is an area I feel like I'm struggling. That is an area I'm aware of this and weakness. Um, Listen, let me encourage you. The most important and simple and powerful and effective prayer you can pray in that moment is come Holy Spirit, right? Maybe you're, you're aware actually that some of those fruit of the Spirit are, are looking you know, a little bit ropey right now. You know, maybe they're, they're not looking particularly healthy. Um, listen, the answer is come Holy Spirit. And I, here's my thing. I think so often, rather than praying that, I know, you know my, my response is, is sometimes more, oh, come on, Sarah. It's more like, Sarah, come on, sort yourself out. Grit your teeth, step up. Um, it's, it's that I look to me. It's not come Holy Spirit, it's come on, Sarah. Or maybe I look outside and it, it's not come Holy Spirit. It's like, oh, come on, Phil. Or come on, Boris Johnson. Like we look for somewhere else, you know, come on, scientists, find us a vaccine. We look, and of course, I'm so thankful that we're getting breakthrough. It's stunning. But, but listen, our primary prayer, our most vital and essential prayer right now is come Holy Spirit. Not come on, Sarah, come on, the economy, come on. It's none, of, it's none of those things. And listen, please, I'm not saying in any way that we're, we're passive, like that's not it. I'm not saying we haven't got responsibility. We have, right? Living by grace means I don't have to earn it, but that doesn't mean that there's not effort. So I'm, please, I'm not saying I'm passive and nothing's required of me, but the question is, what's the source? Is it, come on, Sarah, trying to desperately be more patient and be kinder and resist that temptation and do the right thing? Or is it, come Holy Spirit, help me, help me see Jesus again. And as I behold him, Holy Spirit, change me today so I'm one degree more like Jesus than I was yesterday. Right? And in every moment where there's choices, where there's questions, where there's temptations, where there's struggle, it's actually, Holy Spirit, come help me keep in step with you. I want to keep in step with you. So where are you placing your feet? What are you doing? What are you saying? How can I be in step with you? And this, this is what Paul's going after in Galatians 5. He says it four different times, four different ways in that passage we read at the beginning. He says we walk by the Spirit, we're led by the Spirit, we live by the Spirit, and therefore we keep in step with the Spirit. And so this is my point. I could have literally just said this. If we're going to be a people who walk and led and live by the Holy Spirit, the only way to do that is moment by moment keeping in step with Holy Spirit. And in order to do that, our most essential prayer, it's so simple, but I, my challenge is I want us to get serious about this prayer, come Holy Spirit, and expect that it's going to change. It's the most powerful prayer because the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. We live in the days after Pentecost where we're living in the days prophesied where, where God will pour out his spirit on all flesh and we can dream and prophesy and see healing and miraculous and we can be patient and kind and full of joy and full of peace. 
We can be those people. We can live those kind of lives. We can extend that kingdom, that kingdom of heaven on earth. But it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so let's be a people every single day, in every moment, every circumstance, you know, whatever our life stage, you know, however old or young we are, however kind of, however old or young we are, even in our faith, you know, whatever our personal preferences are for a style of worship, whatever our experience have been in the past, let me encourage you, let me challenge you. Maybe this week, maybe every day this week, just simply pause and wait and just take a moment and say, come Holy Spirit, and just see what he does. So why don't we take a moment um, and just do that even now. Um, just let's just kind of still ourselves. It's quite a heart, and let's just um, let's just take a moment um, and ask Holy Spirit to come and fill us once again. So let me pray for you. God, we thank you that you are good, you are faithful, you make the most amazing promises, and you keep and you fulfill every single one of them. So we just say, this morning. Wherever we find ourselves, whatever life looks like right now, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill each one of us again? We want to be a people who are keeping in step with you, Holy Spirit. So would you come and fill us and help us to do that? Holy Spirit, for those who are um, facing questions or challenges or concerns, um, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are counsellor. For those who are struggling, who are lonely, who are fearful, who have worries and concerns, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're comforter. So come, Holy Spirit, and meet your people. For those who are struggling with temptations um, and areas of weakness, Come, Holy Spirit. And we ask just for supernatural growth in your fruits. And God, for all of us, um, Father, for the people who don't know you, who we are in relationship with, for our friends, for our families, for our neighbors, uh, for our colleagues, Holy Spirit, come and fill us and speak through us. We pray that people would encounter you, encounter your kingdom, because we have the courage to step into a moment and pray on others' behalf. Come, Holy Spirit. So, Father, I ask for us as individuals, us for church families. Um, Father, I ask that we would see more signs and wonders. God, I believe, um, yeah, I believe that you have more of the miraculous, more of the supernatural that you want to give us, that you want us to steward. And so our prayer is simply this. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, we love you. We love that we belong to you. Um, and we love that you are with us, you are for us, and that you're never, ever going to change your mind about how you feel about us. Um, so we thank you. We love you. Um, and, yeah, we, we give ourselves and our lives to you um, and say, God, would you just do more than we can ask, think, or imagine in us, with us, around us, and through us. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.